Okay, well, we are back. This is The Naked Economy. And if uh, if you're just joining us, what The Naked Economy is, is me, Shane, and my friend Ernie. That's me. We are deciding what it means for businesses to be part of The Naked Economy. The Naked Economy is this concept that we are developing as we go. It's a new way of doing business, and we're uncovering businesses that do that, that fly against uh the norms um, of businesses in the past, uncovering new ways and are open and honest. And they do good while they're at it. Is that about right, Danny? I think that's pretty cool. We've done two episodes. The first one, what was that again? That was the Whippet Coffee Shop in Linden. Those oaks have amazing cappuccino, but actually some cool stuff behind the scenes as well. And then I pitched um, to Ernie an app called Vuleka, which empowers Spaza shop owners to uh, take control of their business and sort of manage things a little bit better. But today we are doing things a little bit differently. I'm turning the spotlight on my co-host, Ernie. Ernie has got some deep, dark secrets, some baggage in his past. <sighs> <laughs> Hectic music to play in the background <laughs> with that description. Ernie, are you ready to bear all? Yeah, I think it's time, Shane. Uh, you and I have come a long way, and if I told you these stories on day one, then we'd never become friends. So I think we've I think we've gone far enough now that you'll still be friends with me despite hearing these things that I've done in the past. <sighs> Look, I, I'm intrigued, and. Um, and frankly, I can't wait to just have some dirt on you is really, really what I'm excited about. Yeah. So, um, don't judge the player, judge the game. Eh? <laughs> uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's jump straight into it. So where this comes from is like, on episode one, you sort of briefly mentioned that in your past at Bry's, when people would ask you about what you do, you were really ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we just start there? Uh, what is it that made you go quiet? When people would ask you what you do, I mean, how does somebody get to, to this point? Yeah. So my story of how I eventually ended up doing something that I actually believe in has got some ironic twists and turns to it. After I had studied and I qualified as an actuary, I joined the industry, which just by default, most actuaries work in. And because I don't want everybody here in studio to fall asleep, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. But so when I started working, I was really excited because I thought that I would be able to continue my passionate way of doing things. I had always been someone that, that spoke with excitement about whatever I was doing if I believed in it. So I thought, yes, with these extra skills, I would be doing innovative things and I would be helping companies make more money. But that still at the end of the day, I would be able to stand up and be proud of what I do. But a funny thing happened. For about 10 years, I saw from the inside why there is so little love for this product called insurance. Consulting to many different insurance companies, I saw quite consistently the things that they do in the background, which made it really obvious to me why people feel about insurance the way they do. And it was quite sad for me because I really do believe in this concept. I find it to be a solid one. And from a mathematical point of view, I'm fascinated by how powerful it is for a large number of people to each contribute a small amount, which is then pulled together, so that if something bad happens to one of them, they won't be financially ruined. It 
protects individuals and it brings stability to society. It's just a concept that I believe in. But of course, most people don't feel about insurance that way. And before I continue, let me just be clear. I'm telling you these things not because I want to launch a carte blanche episode. There's no big evil scheme or illegal funny business or anything like that. And I definitely don't have anything bad to say about any people that work in insurance companies. In fact, quite the opposite. The point that I want to make is that what I took away from seeing how insurance companies are run is that if you set up a system where you incentivize certain kinds of behavior, then inevitably that is what you're going to get. So if a business is really at the core only about finding ways to maximize profit, then even good people, especially ones that are good at their job, will find more ways to do things that make more profit. Okay, so what kind of stuff are we talking about, Ernie? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, but let me start with one that's probably close to home. You, like everyone else, know that once a year, your insurance company is going to send you a letter saying your premium is going up, but that if you're willing to spend the 40 painful minutes speaking to them on the phone and you threaten to leave, then they will just lower that premium increase again, which they just sent you. So the obvious strategy is send everybody an increase that's higher than what they deserve. And if you assume that most people won't phone in to challenge it, then only the handful of people that are disciplined in phoning in will end up paying the right price. And that's already a great strategy for making a lot of money. But think about this. If you can find a way to predict which people are most likely to miss the fact that you've sent them a mail, surely then you could send those people an even bigger annual increase. I don't like this, Ernie. I don't like it one bit. Now, the reality is that the field of big data and of data science is really powerful. It turns out that companies like Facebook and Twitter use information about you that you wouldn't think is significant. So things like whether your email address ends in .com or in .co.za or whether you clicked on a photo of Miley Cyrus versus a photo of one of the Kardashians and that they have found ways. all the way, by the way. Okay, I'm proud of you, Shane. But you would think that that information is not meaningful. But by analyzing millions of pieces of data points and the behavior of different people that show certain behavior, they can start predicting how people will behave to certain things. So they can start deciding which ads you are most likely to respond to. For example, which one of the Kardashians you like most. And they can even start predicting... Kim, obviously. Okay, good. And they can even start predicting whether you are more likely to open an email that you get in the morning or one that you get at night. And so, in a similar manner, let's assume that two people that are exactly the same risk and that they should be getting the same annual premium increase. What stops an insurance company from sending one client who they predict is unlikely to open a mail, a premium increase which is higher than the other client. Mm, okay, yeah, go on. It feels like a bit like sci-fi, hey? But uh, yeah, welcome to 2019. I mean, on one hand, it's like good for them. They've hacked the human brain. On the other hand, it's like, come on, guys. Like, how are we supposed to compete with 
computers and geniuses. You know, we're just people. <laughs> so another example is the big difference between what people think their excess is, and with many insurers, what they will actually end up paying in penalties if they do have a claim. So how this works in practice is that on top of your base excess with many insurers, you also have to pay an extra amount, typically an extra three or four grand for each penalty. If, for example, you have an accident at night or if, for example, you have a claim in the first six months of the policy or if you lend the car to someone under 25, for each one of these things from a long list of stuff, you get charged a penalty if you have a claim. Now, of course, if the insurer's technical policy wording includes those additional excesses, then charging it is not illegal. But surprising people like that and making money like that feels like the kind of thing that old school businesses do. And the thing about insurance we have to remember is that unlike other products that you buy where you can physically hold the thing in your hand before you pay and decide whether you like it, with insurance, you only get that chance somewhere down the line on the day that you try to claim. And unfortunately, at that point, there's a simple mathematical formula which applies. Every rand that the insurer pays you is a rand that their profit reduces by. So why won't there be things like extra excesses to reduce how much they actually pay out? And again, it's a good way to make profit if you're running a company. But the question I had hanging over me for many, many years, and I'm not saying this is the right question or necessarily one that everybody should be asking. I'm just saying this is my personal question that I had for a long time, was whether it would be possible to build an alternative. And what would a different version of insurance look like? Or in fact, any other industry. I suppose there's lots of industries where stuff like this happens in the background. But what would a system look like where there is a better balance, where being good at your job doesn't have to be only about the one extreme, namely making more profit, but where being good at what you do could simultaneously achieve more profit and actually make a positive impact on the lives of real people. So don't worry. This is where we finally reach the happy twist in the story. Hallelujah. Yeah, sorry for that. <laughs> so when a couple of us that had all worked in insurance for a long time and had been on our own individual journeys of grappling with this, realized that we felt we didn't want to work in this version of insurance anymore. We thought we would rather go pick berries on a farm or do some other random job. We realized that if we were to stay in insurance, we would only do it if we could build something brand new from scratch. And starting out, we said there are two criteria that this new business has to meet. Number one, it had to be absolutely world-class in terms of using technology to remove the frustrating processes that clients had to deal with in the old version of insurance. So, of course, uh, one of them is the call center. I mean, it's the year 2019. You should be able to buy something by just clicking on a button without speaking to someone. And we were excited that by replacing this old frustrating processes with better technology, we would not only make it more convenient, but we would cut a lot of the costs from the system by replacing old costly processes. And of course, that would mean lower premiums. 
So the one requirement for us was to build an advanced tech business. But the second criteria was that it had to be something that fundamentally addresses the kinds of behavior that I spoke about earlier. We wanted to remove all the layers of complexity and all the tricks that normal insurers use. We wanted it to be completely transparent in how it empowers clients and helps them make sure that they have the right cover. It had to strip away all the old things about insurance, which we didn't like. So in short, it had to be something we could actually be proud of, something where we're proud of how this company runs in the background. It had to be something that we would actually want our moms to buy. So that's why we set out on a journey to build a business called Naked Insurance. Okay, this all sounds great. And um, the thing about insurance that always gets me is every month there's a new insurance company, a new funny name or new smart marketing ploy and sales pitch and all these sort of bonuses and blah, blah, blah. And um, it all starts feeling just like this big marketing game. And Naked has got, you got the clever name. And well, you got the sales pitch. How are we supposed to know that you guys are the real deal, that you are really different? Someone that I want you to meet, which I think you'll enjoy, is a guy called Alex. Now, he, together with another lady, originally came up with the idea for building Naked Insurance. And what's interesting is that as a consulting actuary, this guy really is one of the smartest people you can imagine. I, I can't even tell you. And he spent many, many years advising many of the biggest insurance companies on how to technically run their business. What are the things they can do to make more money? But when you ask him what those insurance companies' biggest challenges, his answer is not a technical insurance answer. It's something that's actually surprisingly different. The, the transparency that's the you know the internet and social media and so on has brought to how, to what businesses do is is completely different to how things were thirty or forty years ago. You could present a very superficial veneer to the market to the to, to where you sell your product, um, which could be very different to the reality of of what you actually did, and and really get away with it on an ongoing sustained basis. And I think we still carry the legacy of that in a lot of the management practices and the way people do business too often. And so what you see is um, businesses that think that they can kind of treat PR and, and, and social media and so on and just generally the way they communicate and, and, can, and are happy with a very different version that they try to present to the public to what it's actually like and that that is something that they think they can get away with on an ongoing basis. And I think that's, that at some level has changed. So your reputational risk has never been as high in every business as it is right now. So the consequences of some sort of hysteria, some kind of, some sort of thing gaining its own momentum against you are just, are just so severe. So as we started Naked, what we said was we need to build a business where, you know, what we say and what we do are the same thing, where um, we can be really transparent about how we go about making money, where the conflict of interest at claim stage with other insurers have to deal with, where you know where they where they know that their bonus as a claims manager is somewhere related to keeping claims costs low, um, which is which is in direct conflict with the interests of consumers. That that whole model is not the right one in, for the future. So let me just quickly jump in there, Shane. 
he talks about a different model. So I just want to take 14 seconds and explain this to you. Most people fall asleep, um, but try and see if you can, if you can stick it out. The one big legal change which we made was that normal insurance companies, their profit depends on whether they pay your claims or not. And we said that that, in our opinion, is the big reason why all these practices are just getting worse and worse is because they just see you as an opportunity to make more and more and more profit. And so when we set up the legal structure behind Naked Insurance, we said the one difference we want to make is that, yes, we're a for-profit company, but our profit is transparent and specifically it doesn't depend on an individual claim being paid out or not. So we make a fixed percentage of profit on every single client. And so we transparently disclose that so that on the day that you try to claim, our profit is not in the balance. Our profit doesn't depend on whether we pay your claim or not, like whether we can introduce a higher excess or so. Like our profit is is set. It's it's fixed. It's not going to change like that. I mean, that's a super complex, complicated thing in the background that we've done to help us not rely on being good people to deliver better insurance, but just rely on a different financial model, which actually incentivizes us to do the right thing, as opposed to incentivizing us to find ways to avoid claims. And because it's complicated, we're not going to try and put that up on a billboard because I mean it's not as it's not as catchy as cheap insurance that everybody else puts on a billboard. And so I asked Alex, given that it's that complicated, who are the people that find that appealing? Well, it's a journey, right? So in the beginning, it's people that are attuned to the issues in the industry that are going to find value in what we're doing. So yes, your average um, insurance buyer is probably um, not going to be thinking about the conflict of interest that we're talking about or, you know, the, the fact that their premiums may not increase in a fair way going forward. They, they may not um, use that as a buying criterion in the beginning. But there are, there are certainly lots of people who will, people who, who think about these things deeply, who, who, who look carefully at, at how this works. The other thing just to say is, when you look at the, the, the organizations themselves, I mean, a lot of what, what we saw was seeing the culture of the organizations from the inside, right? Was seeing what it's like to work there. You know, we were dealing as consultants with, with people on the ground and saying, you know, how do they, um, you know, what's their daily life like? And what became kind of really clear to us across the industry was how those people had kind of lost belief in what the organization was doing, right? The organization seemed to have lost its soul. It was people were pretty much just looking after themselves, like the organization's looking after themselves. And and people don't enjoy their jobs. They don't they don't enjoy working there. They don't they don't believe in what the company's doing anymore. When an agent phones them and says, Oh, I can get you twenty percent more down the road, there's no loyalty really. You know, you you're you're a bit sad to leave the, the friends that you've made, but there's no real sense of loyalty. And so the the you know, like I said, the the transparency from what you tell customers to what you're actually doing and what you actually believe as a, as a kind of management team, as in an organization generally, you know, those things have, have just gone out of alignment and, and, the, and, and the people in the business don't believe in it. So, and then you've got like a sort of a marketing team that's trying to present this glamorous face to the market. 
you know, you've got thousands of people working for these businesses who would be the best salespeople. I mean, it is astounding how we found lots and lots of our clients come from competitors. Let me just be clear. What he means by that is literally how many of our clients work for these big insurance companies that you see advertised all over the billboards. Because they, they know a little bit more of, of like the, the tricks of the trade than uh, the average person Ex- does. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's disturbing that, you know, we find all these people who, the minute they hear about it, they're like, yes, this is exactly how it should be. You know, we, we want to join you. And like, you think like, <laughs> I mean, and originally actually we thought they were all kind of spies. They just wanted to check out our product and learn from it and that sort of thing. What we realized is no, they actually really believe in what we're doing and they're really supporting us because they, because they really don't care about the company they work for. And, and, you know, and this was, you know, of course, something we saw as consultants working for them, how, how little people really believe in the mission that these organizations are on. So, 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 of course, what we're trying to do is align all of that, right? So I um, was a little bit naughty. And after I spoke to Alex, I just, I just quickly wanted to have a chat to one of our software developers. Now, this guy, he really doesn't care about insurance at all. I mean, the oak just, he wants to code, and he's a really good coder. Hi, my name is Lovaro, also known as Midas Mavala, and I am proud to be the second employee of Naked. Yeah, it's cool. This oak joined us literally when we were starting out, and he was the second guy that joined us, and he loves coding. But I thought I'd just take a test and ask him, so... Given what other people working at insurance companies think about their businesses, like wh- what does he tell his friends when he comes to work? So, I think my friends have always known from the beginning what, what Naked was about. The, the main thing I enjoy is actually telling strangers about it. So, like, I'm on a, uh, on a Uber and then I'm like, ah, have you heard of Naked? And then it's like, do you have a personal car? You can check us out. And see if you like us, because I'm that confident that they will like us. Yeah, so I asked him, to, what do you mean by confident? What, why are you that confident? Well, I think as much as the, the technology is new that we're, we're using, I think even the way the people at Naked think, it's like a new mindset. Okay, so I guess the question is, how does how does all this ethos stuff come to life? So the thing that I've got about insurance is it's all about the sales pitch. What is it about Naked that kind of in your personal journey, going from this dark past and these evil things you used to do, what, what is it about Naked that is um, sort of an answer to those things? Yeah, I guess for me it it was very clear that we couldn't build an insurance business that delivers better outcomes only if the people that work there stick to being nice people. Like that's just not realistic. And so as much as I have intentions of trying to do the right thing, we couldn't build a sustainable business that relies on that uh, for customers to get a good outcome. And so if you look at those two examples which I gave you of where the industry went wrong because of the way it approaches things – we designed the system so that explicitly those things can never happen. So on the first example of whether you're getting a fair price when you get your annual renewal letter, we designed Naked that 
It runs on artificial intelligence, which means that humans can never negotiate with you. There is no room at any time that you interact with Naked Insurance for anybody to negotiate with you. And so what that means is that on the day that you want to cancel, you click one button on the app and instantly the rest of the month's premium is refunded. And that's not just about convenience. What that's really about is a way to guarantee that for as long as you are with Naked, and even when you get a premium increase, you know you're paying the right price. You know you don't have to phone in to negotiate with these people. And by the way, some people will get a premium increase, but some people will get a reduction in premium. Why? Because we are not going to try and manipulate it to maximize profit. We're going to give everybody the fair thing that they deserve. And on the second example of of additional excesses, which these insurance companies charge, flip man, insurance is stressful enough. Like it should take away uncertainty, not introduce uncertainty. So we said there is no such thing as an additional excess with Naked. You choose your basic excess, be it one and a half or three or five grand or ten grand or whatever. You choose your basic excess, and that is the only amount you will ever pay. There is no such thing as an additional excess. Flipman, if you're driving at night, that's why you have insurance. You shouldn't be penalized an extra amount for that. And so we just built a whole bunch of things into our system that's about – Ensuring that this better way of delivering insurance is done sustainably and that it's not just about me trying to be a nice guy. I think to wrap up, I want to ask you whether you agree that it's obvious that when we needed to pick a name for our insurance business, we didn't try to find something that's catchy. We really realized that insurance needed to be without hidden agendas, without veils, without frustrating processes, without tricks. Insurance needed to be naked. Firstly, I think it is a very catchy name, so don't sell yourself short. (laughs) But um, I think it does sort of communicate that ethos quite sharply. Especially to people that have had an inkling that it's, you know, your insurance isn't like all that, all that it seems to be. Um, and you've had that feeling that, Hey, stay hiding a lot from me. It speaks to that sense of, Hey, I want to find insurance. I wish there was an insurance company or I wish I could get insurance from somebody that wasn't hiding anything from me. So I, I definitely think the name speaks to that. So nice job, guys. No. <laughs> And I, and I think if we if we go full circle back to the story of me standing in a braai, not wanting to disclose what I do for a living because I'm ashamed. That was back then. These days, I feel really sorry for anybody that is willing to give me <laughs> airtime, because as boring as insurance is, it is such an exciting journey for me to have the privilege. To build something that is completely the opposite to what people are used to and something that is designed with amazing technology to save money and and do all sorts of cool stuff. But really, when you look deeper, is about a better way to achieve better outcomes for staff, for customers, for their families, for the community. It's, It's a journey that I'm so grateful to be on because I never thought I could be this excited about insurance. But now I can't stop talking about it. 
I think, I mean, I think maybe even the biggest, biggest sort of telltale sign that Naked is doing something right is Lebo coming out and saying, like, Lebo is kind of, in a way, what you were back in the day. He just works for an insurance company. The difference is you were ashamed of yourself and like the owners, you know, like the founders of the company can't shut up about it. And that to me, that says a lot. That says a lot that it's not just a job. Or maybe it started out as just a job, but now he, he really believes in it. Exactly. And not a lot of people can say that. A few things, doing business differently, you know, um, changing the status quo, challenging how things have been done in the past, being open, being honest, and in a way kind of building stuff that has got the customer kind of very front and center in terms of what the, the business is about. Yeah. I think we can, I think, I think we can let you guys in. Welcome. I appreciate that. That's so kind of you. And yeah, thanks for the chat, man. And I look forward to exploring the South African economy for us to find more businesses that are sincerely about finding a better way to be profitable, but simultaneously to result in a better outcome. For the customers and the people of this country And I look forward to us expanding The companies that make up The naked economy I can't wait Thanks so much For listening to this episode Special thanks to Shane For joining me in studio And helping me through this process and finally, a big thanks to the team behind the scenes at Cliff Central. They've been awesome in helping me through this journey of telling this story. I really appreciate it, guys. Cliffcentral.com.